Welcome back to season three of my podcast. I am Amanda Blackwood, the survivor. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. For those of you who didn't know, now you do. Keeping in line with that, this entire season is going to be focused on interviewing other trauma survivors who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. Get ready to hear from some truly incredible people. Please hang on for a moment through this brief advertisement. This is what currently pays for the show. Of course, I will also take donations through PayPal to keep the show running, or you can show support by a simple book purchase. I have quite a few out there. Just look for books by Amanda Blackwood on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Your purchase does go to helping to support local organizations that help fight human trafficking also. Welcome back to the podcast. This week is going to be a little bit different. I know we are just days away from Christmas here, and I wanted to make sure that you guys had something here that you could listen to if you wanted to, but many of you are going to be on long road trips or visiting family, and you're probably not going to have time for my little tiny podcast. That's totally understandable. That's cool. Uh, But I'm just going to do a quick recap of this this season, and then I'm going to answer a couple of my own questions. So first off, we started off uh, September 2nd with uh, an incredible, incredible woman by the name of Maggie Dunbrock. She's a combat vet. Uh, She was hit with an IED while she was in the military, while she was deployed. Um, She had a traumatic brain injury, a broken back, a broken hip, a broken ankle. She was paralyzed for eight months. And now this woman is this incredible tower of strength. She's got a podcast of her own. Um, she's got some books that she has written about her experience and how they relate to her life. And she has the most adorable kids. I was lucky enough to meet Maggie. She came by, uh, the Denver area, not too long after we had recorded and I drove out to where her uh, appointment was going to be. And we hung out for about two hours, just standing in the grass, talking like we were best friends that hadn't seen each other in a long time. It was really cool. If you get a chance to follow Maggie Dunbrock um, online, definitely do that. She is a fascinating person and her podcast is fantastic. I was lucky enough to be a guest. I also got a chance to interview Carrie Ghana on September 9th is when her episode aired. Um, She has had to deal with um, taking care of a special needs kid. Now, her baby, when she was pregnant, the doctors tried to push her to terminate the pregnancy because of how special needs her child was going to be. He had something that the doctors saw as a death sentence, and she fought back. Excuse me. Uh, Carrie was really adamant about fighting back. She knew that she wanted to have her child. Um, She had been trying for a little while to get pregnant, and this was a big deal to her. So the fact that she was able to fight back, um, she's, she's done a remarkable job raising this little guy. And if you look at her episode on the Anchor podcast platform, in the description is a link to her Facebook group where you can go to join the group to keep up with the adventures of her little guy, or you can even talk about some of the stuff that's come up in your own life. Uh, if you've had to deal with 
uh, taking care of a special needs kiddo yourself. I've recently had the experience of being a foster mom to a special needs kiddo. And Carrie was a huge inspiration for me to not back down when I was telling myself that I couldn't do it. Sherry Pate dealt with homelessness during COVID. Her story is absolutely incredible. That one aired on September 16th. Um, she, her mother passed away right before the COVID pandemic hit. And after reeling with all of that, she was trying, she and her family were trying to move out of state to Florida while they were in the car driving. <clears throat> yeah. While they were in the car driving is when the pandemic shut down state borders and she got to Florida and according to COVID regulations, they weren't allowing people to stay in hotels. So she had nowhere to go. The home wasn't ready yet. She had two little girls and a husband with her in, I believe it was an SUV. <clears throat> and here they were stuck in Florida with nobody around that they knew, uh, no services, no help. And they had to deal with being homeless in one of the, um, one of the <laughs> most shut down times of our uh, recent history. Um, it definitely give her episode a, a listen if you get a chance. Sherry's amazing. She's also a pastor. She and her husband both. Um, they, As I was interviewing her, she was telling me that they just had a dog give birth to puppies on her front porch and they took these puppies in and she's not much of a dog person it's it's pretty cute you'll you'll get a kick out of that uh on september 23rd maria burgess was uh, my guest now september is suicide awareness month and maria had the unfortunate um issue of having to deal with her son's suicide it was right at the beginning of the pandemic so it was 2020 and her 16 year old son ended his own life and wrote a three-page suicide letter. Um, it was it was pretty heartbreaking, um, but it's a really great way of kind of getting a perspective of those who are left behind after that kind of an incident happens. It's heartbreaking, but it's definitely worth the listen. September 30th was Mason Carlisle. She was a child sexual assault uh, uh, survivor. She's had multiple suicides in her family. Her father overdosed her brother. Uh, just, just really tragic story. And she has risen above all of this to write a book to help children who are trying to deal with the scary situations of school shootings. Her book is fascinating. If you get a chance to check her book out, I just, it's called the ghost of you. I'm not even looking at notes here. I remember this because her story was so impactful on me. She's amazing. Then we started off October with Layla Reed, who is a fantastic fiction writer, but she's written about the things that have affected her also, like foster care, adoption. She dealt with infertility. Um, going through the foster and adoption system was really tough on her and her family. And she kind of has some tips and tricks on, on how to navigate all of that and how to understand and move past the point of infertility. 
it was it's not a difficult it's, it's not a difficult thing to understand that this can be heartbreaking for somebody but it can be incredibly difficult for somebody with infertility to move beyond that to see the other possibilities in life to understand that that's not the only option there is and there's lots of opportunities to be able to really do so many great things in the world and still have a wonderful child in your life after Layla Reed, we had on October 14th, I had Bianca. Um, she was almost trafficked when she was four years old because of some decisions that her mother had made. She was just a fantastic guest to have on board, but she has a, an Instagram about Sicilian family values. Oh my gosh, it cracks me up, you guys. <laughs> check her out too. I've got a link to her Instagram and stuff on the description on her episode. So super cute. Uh, Maureen Campion. She is a therapist uh, and she's had to deal with her own birth trauma. She didn't want to go to the hospital to have uh, to have to go through the labor process. She didn't want to do that. So she hired a midwife. She was going to do everything at home and things went horribly sideways. She was very brave to speak up about it. But not only that, she understood that birth trauma was something that wasn't really talked about very much back then. So she started talking about it. And now she is a therapist who specializes in birth trauma. She's pretty awesome. Uh, on October 28th, we had Sophia Aves just in time for Halloween. She's a domestic violence survivor. She's a wife to a PTSD veteran, and she is also a USA Today best-selling author, you guys. She's super cool. Um, Australian accent. You're going to love her. She's super sweet. She's amazing. Make sure you, you give that one a good listen, too. Uh, she's, she's got some really good advice on how to get out of those scary situations. They happen a lot more than we want to admit they do. And I'm willing to admit that myself. On November 4th, we had Jasmine Schaus. Jasmine is actually a personal hero of mine. Jasmine did a lot of counter-trafficking work when she was in the military. She mostly did intel. She, she didn't really get to talk to a whole lot of the survivors afterward. And I just, one more time, I want to say a very genuine thank you to Jasmine for what it is that she's done. She's, she's a hero to so many people and she doesn't even realize it. She said that she's gone through a lot of cycles of self-hate and despair, thinking of all of the people that they couldn't get to in time. Uh, but she really is a hero. And I call that Schindler syndrome. Has anybody seen Schindler's List towards the end of the movie? The um, anti-hero, I guess you could call him. He's done a lot of good things in his life. And he looks at a particular button on his shirt or his jacket lapel. And he realizes that this pen was made of either silver or gold. I don't remember anymore. But he looks at it and he pulls it off of his collar and he stares hard at it and tears form in his eyes. And he just mumbles for something and they ask him, what, what did you say? He says, one more. I could have saved one more. It was such an impactful moment. 
But that's the feeling that I get when I hear Jasmine say that she has gone through cycles of self-hate because of the ones that she couldn't get to in time. That's painful to think of the people that don't make it out, and so few of us do. But the ones that have made it out because of her owe their life to her. That's definitely Schindler's Syndrome. She's awesome. On Veterans Day, November 11th, I had a Baghdad veteran uh, named Daisha Arnold. She was incredible. She was in the Baghdad ER for 15 months. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. The things that this woman has seen, the things that she has experienced, but her book, Dirty Bombs, whew. <laughs> Imagine being in a foreign ER and while you're there, discovering that the enemy is using chemical warfare that brings the ever-growing pile of dead back to life. If you like zombie books, if you like military books, if you like war books, this is the one that you should definitely pick up. Dirty Bombs by Daisha Arnold. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. I took a, a break during Thanksgiving week. There was not a podcast, which is why I've decided to do this one now. That's uh, because, you know, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. I, I'm determined that I'm going to get this project done, no matter what's going on in my personal life. The following week, November 25th, I had Lori Peters on. Uh, she's a therapist and a meditation resource. Uh, super cool woman. She's been through quite a lot of stuff herself. She's definitely worth giving a listen if you haven't had a chance to listen to her, her episode. Um, she's amazing. And I had to thank her for what it was that she was doing. December 2nd. Now we're getting pretty close here to uh, being up to date with where we are right now. But December 2nd, I had a young lady on who was not necessarily writing about any kind of trauma experiences in her life. Instead, Nicole Hansen did something super cool. She wrote a Christmas devotional book that is absolutely incredible, definitely worth checking out. Um, she's, she's amazing. Her book goes through First John in a total of 23 days, has a painting each day to become a, a visual cue for the concept that she wrote about. Um, she gave an example in her initial email to me. She said that she included a painting of an apple tree as a visual for the idea that people should be able to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because we're all, we are loving and forgiving the same unconditional way that our heavenly father is. Um, super cool book. This was such a great idea for a last minute Christmas present that I couldn't help but have her on the first week of Christmas just to give people that that extra needed time to hop over to Amazon, grab a copy of the book and make sure that they can stuff it into the stocking in the last minute. Following week, we had Jamie Christine, another survivor of severe birth trauma. She's fantastic also. Uh, Jamie has written about her experiences and what a what an incredible person she is. Uh, that episode aired on December 9th. Then on December 16th was Michelle Rolf. Now Michelle has really great advice on how to deal with separation anxiety at the holidays. If you missed that episode last week, you definitely want to give it a listen. I promise you're not going to regret that one. 
she's awesome. Her story is awesome. And I think that this would be really helpful for a lot of people this time of year. So um, that is the recap here real quick. Um, next up, after a quick uh, commercial break, I'm going to be answering some of my own questions. So stay tuned to laugh at me. <laughs> All right, so here we go again. Um, I am going to be asking myself those questions that I ask everybody else and answering them fairly quickly. I wanna move this along pretty quick. Uh, so where did you grow up? What was your family life like? I was born in Germany, moved all over the place. Uh, once we left Germany, when I was two and a half, we moved to Maryland, then Arkansas, then California, then Utah. Then I left Utah, moved to Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Arkansas, California. Um, bounced around California for a while, moved to Utah, then back to California after two months because I couldn't stand being near my parents. Uh, and then from California out to Scotland where I was trafficked the final time. Um, when I left Scotland, I went back to California, floated around there for a little while, bounced around two or three times, and then finally moved out to Colorado and I've been here ever since. I know that's a little bit more than where I grew up, but I consider all of those years, years when I was growing up. I came from a fairly abusive background. Um, people in my family will forever deny this, and that's okay. They don't have to um, own what they did, but they're going to have to own it someday. It's not my place. It's not my time. Number two, can you describe the form of trauma that you've overcome? Who here does not know that I'm a survivor of human trafficking? That is mainly what I have personally talked about. I've been trafficked three different times in my life, once when I was 18, once when I was 19, and once when I was 31 years old. But as well as having been trafficked, I was also a survivor of child sexual assault, uh, molestation, and rape. Uh, starting at four years old with the molestation, I was molested at 12, again at 13, again at 15, and raped at 17. Uh, most of this was not stuff that my family ever knew about because in my head, they were never going to believe me. They already didn't believe me about anything else that happened bad when I was really little and I was constantly called a liar. So I developed a thicker skin. I cried about things pretty easily, so it wasn't that thick of a skin, but I had it in my head that I was going to be on my own forever and that nobody was ever going to believe me or trust me. So I started to become a pathological liar. And it wasn't until I was probably in my late 20s, early 30s that I started to fight back against that. I decided that wasn't who I wanted to be. How has trauma impacted your life? Oh, geez. Um, well, I have a whole set, pardon my squeaky chair. I have a whole set of flashcards here. Uh, talking about trauma responses, and I can go through these and tell you that every single one of them does affect me. Uh, trauma has impacted my life in very interesting ways. When I first met the man that I'm married to now, I wasn't sure that I could completely trust him. Of course, I do now because he's pretty incredible, and I love the guy. But uh, that wasn't always the case with uh, trusting him. I knew I, I knew he was incredible, and I knew I trusted him, but there was a limit to that. 
Um, it's also impacted my life in positive ways because now I'm able to talk about what it was that I went through and help others. I was able to write my entire autobiography, which is now in talks of being either a film or limited series, hopefully in the next year or so. And I do public speaking engagements. I have this podcast. It's been really helpful, not because I'm making a name for myself, but because I have other people making a name for themselves and speaking up against what happened to them because they were able to hear me talk about what happened to me. Some of the flashcards right off the top is sleeplessness, focusing issues, hypervigilance, paranoia, reckless behavior. I went through that for a little while. Perfectionism. Did you know that's a trauma response? Totally is. Avoiding people, uh, triggering sights, sounds, and smells mood swings, PTSD nightmares, deflection, restlessness, transference, where you relate a little bit too closely to characters on TV, flashbacks. Oof, those are bad. Denial. I get easily startled. Eating disorders. I'm still fighting one of those. A crisis of faith. Definitely had that. Oversleeping, suppressing your feelings. Emotionally, I'm sensitive. I have an abandonment fear, not that my husband's going to leave me, but that something terrible is going to happen to him and he's going to be taken away from me. Uh, I blame myself for some of the past things that happened and my mother was not much of a help in that area. And I have in the past avoided my hobbies like writing, like painting. Um, when I go through that, I now can recognize it as being a trauma response. And I can stop, take a step back, recognize what's happening and try to figure out why it is that I'm avoiding these things. It's helpful. What helped you to heal from your trauma? What are the top three things you've done to help? My writing? Definitely. Writing about my uh, pain has been probably the biggest help that I've ever known because it allowed me to get it out on paper in detail. And with that, I was finally able to let a lot of it go. My painting, I was able to finally show people visually what it was that I was feeling or thinking or remembering. And this one would be a surprise for a lot of people, but therapy. I had a therapist in 2019, 2020, who helped me to get through some of the scariest stuff. I don't know if I would have gotten through it without having that therapy. Um, I also had the opportunity, and this goes into number five, what services, resources, people helped you in your recovery process. I had the opportunity of connecting with an anti-trafficking organization out here in Colorado when I needed it most, and they were the ones who were able to help me with uh, getting the therapy that I needed when I needed it. If not for them, I wouldn't have been able to afford therapy. I was making just enough to cover my own bills at the time, and I was still struggling emotionally I was struggling, financially I was struggling, and they they saw me through that. They helped with food, they helped with the therapy bills, they took care of me, and I will always, always be thankful for that. How do you celebrate your wins in life? Whew. Well, going back into the whole eating disorder thing, it was with a pint of ice cream. <laughs> I'm trying to not do that anymore. <laughs> Um, how do I celebrate my wins? Sometimes it's by going out and having a nice dinner with my husband. Sometimes it's by going downstairs and cooking a steak for him because I know I'm going to get a couple of bites off of it. 
and then cooking something uh, much healthier for myself. Um, I also like to go and buy myself a new shirt or paint something new, do something I haven't done before, maybe go for a walk. And while a lot of this stuff sounds like it's more of my being productive, that makes me feel good. Being productive makes me feel good. So that's, to me, a form of celebration. Who inspires you the most and why? Oh, goodness. I mentioned earlier something about having the opportunity to have a foster kiddo. And I do. And she's amazing. And um, while this is being recorded in advance, I can admit to you that as of right now, there is no guarantee that I'm going to be able to keep my foster kiddo because there are some parties involved who believe that I might be a little bit too close to the family and that because of that, they can't trust me. I haven't given them a reason not to trust me, but I also understand their hesitation. It's a hard position to be in, but I love this child and she inspires me to do better every single day. Uh, she, She reminds me that people are beautiful without all the extras. She reminds me that we are all the children of God. We are resilient. We are Uh, perfectly imperfect and he made us just the way we're meant to be she's a pretty awesome kid Uh, the other people who inspire me the most my best friend colette she has seen some pretty hard times in the last year or so and she keeps fighting she doesn't give up her faith she has not given up the fight to to uh get things in order in her life. Um, and she's doing everything that she can. And I admire her strength and her resiliency and my husband, because this man has done everything, everything I would have needed for anybody to do if they were going to be a permanent fixture in my life. He's been kind and gentle and understanding. And he's listened to me when I've complained or cried. He doesn't try to fix the problem. He just lets me get it out. And he is incredible. Um, He inspires me sometimes to keep going, even when he doesn't know it. What's the one thing that you wish you could tell someone who's going through what you went through? Oh gosh, which part of what I went through? (laughs) I might want to revisit some of these questions. Um, If you're a survivor of human trafficking or if you are being trafficked, find help. There are organizations in every single state here in the U.S., um, If you're not sure how to find them, reach out to me and I'll help you find them. If you're a survivor and you're trying to figure out how to find stability and get on your feet, let someone know. There are groups out there that are willing to help you. I was out of trafficking for seven years when I finally connected with an anti-trafficking group out here and they still helped me. So there's still help available no matter how many years you've been out. If you need it, it's there. Okay. And that includes four adults. Uh, More than three quarters of all victims are adults over the age of 18. So you're not alone there, even though the media only wants to talk about the children. Keep that in mind, please. Is there anything that you would offer to other survivors of a similar traumatic experience? If money was no object, I would offer therapy and counseling to every single survivor of human trafficking who needed it, because that was a huge, huge help for me. Um, 
Another thing that I wish that I could afford to provide would be the uh, funds to be able to send other survivors of trafficking to a creative writing class to learn how to write about their experiences. Um, Like I said, that was a huge help to me. I wrote and published my autobiography, but just the act of writing it is what helped me to get past it. You don't have to write it for other people to read it. You just have to write it to allow yourself to release it. That was a huge impact on me. Uh, what's the name of your book and how does it relate to your experiences? Well, I have several. Uh, Custom Justice is my autobiography. That's the uh, starts off at when I was like four years old. goes all the way through everything. Um, then I've also got The Shack in the Woods, which is overcoming my Ritalin drug addiction when I was 15, 16 years old by breaking into a shack in the woods and hiding there instead of going to school. The Miller Miles, I ran away from home as a kid and was predisposed to things that should not exist. And um, it shows how I was predisposed to being more susceptible to being trafficked later on in life. Then I've got Detailed Pieces of a Shattered Dream. When I first wrote that book, I thought it was my first experience of being trafficked. It turned out it was actually my second and I was trafficked three different times. I didn't know that at the time. I needed to learn a lot more about human trafficking to really, truly grasp what it was that I had been through. Uh, Can you read a passage from your book for our listeners? You know what? I'm going to spare you guys on that because I could, but then this podcast would be forever long. So let's not. (laughs) Where can people find your book? So all of my books are available on Amazon. Some of them, most of them are also available on Barnes and Noble. So uh, that's a great way of being able to support my podcast. If you wanted to, you can go just purchase a copy of the book and the funds portion of the funds actually go to local organizations that fight human trafficking. Uh, But the rest of the funds actually come to help support the podcast and to make sure that I still have the availability of doing this rather than running off and flipping burgers in a a restaurant. So I appreciate your support. You can also support by uh, sending in monetary donations through PayPal or Venmo or stuff like that too. Um, What's one thing you love about yourself that is not based on your physical appearance? Well, darn, I was going to say my eyes. I'm just kidding. Um, I knew this question was coming. This is always my favorite one. I think one of the best things about myself is my ability to take a dark situation, a bad thing that exists, and turn it into a good thing with purpose. So from pain to purpose. Not many people have that ability. I think that's what inspired me to really start this podcast in the first place. I... I figured that if this thing was going to exist in my past, that it needed to have a positive purpose to exist also. I'm not going to just sit here and hide and wallow in misery for the rest of my life. I'm going to fight back. And for me, fighting back means getting loud. It means using my voice and speaking up and being who I was meant to be and reminding the world that I'm not just a statistic. Other people who have survived traumas are doing the same things and they are amazing. And I want to shine a spotlight on all of these awesome people. It's been a really fun season in this podcast. It's been great for me. I've learned a lot of stuff. Um, I, I needed a lot of these people without even realizing it. I had no idea 
at the time of recording everything that Layla Reed's foster experience was going to be helpful to me or that Carrie Ghana's experience as a special needs mom was going to be helpful to me. I didn't have a special needs kiddo and my only child was an adult. <laughs> um, I had no idea that I was going to need to hear from uh, Sherry Pate about homelessness and about feeling like your back is up against a wall and you don't know what to do when you've got kids that are depending on you. All of these people have been so hugely inspirational and helpful to me. And I'm just really grateful to all of them. Yeah, this, this podcast, this season so far has been the absolute highlight of my podcast that I've had for three years now. I've learned so much from total strangers just talking to them on my podcast. I love these people. I love these warriors. And I'm so looking forward to the next year and the next, I don't know how many podcasts have we done. I'm going to have approximately one per week, except for Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm going to have 51 podcasts by the time that this, this season is done by next September. And we're just getting started. And this is already hitting me and changing my life in such ways. I'm really passionate about this. So forgive me. Um, coming up next week, I have the incredible Howard Brown. Um, Howard is a survivor of two different forms of stage four metastatic cancers, including one was a uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was only 23 years old. So you don't want to miss that episode that's coming up on December 30. So just in time to start off the new year with a whole lot of renewed hope. I do hope you guys join me. Thank you for being here this time. Thanks for being a part of, uh, of our Christmas. And hopefully... I'll be hearing from some of you. Let me know if any of these episodes have helped you in some way, even if it's little tiny things. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. If you've enjoyed tonight's episode, make sure that you head on over and check out the episode description. You will find links on how you can both support this podcast and how you can actually follow this author on social media. Check out their website, find their books, find their blogs. Whatever it is that they provide me with is what I provide in the episode description. So check it out. Go support our people.